Hare Krishna, this is Ravindra Sarupdas. Be joining everybody to continue with Canto 11, Chapter 20. Vanshakalpa Tribhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhyebacha Vaditanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha. We, uh, let me just, we had a break. Uh, and um, now we're actually going to return back very directly to the topic that was announced at the very beginning of this chapter, which you've probably all forgotten by now. <laughs> at least I had to look at it again. And the... It'll come up now in this verse, text 45. We're on, on text 45. No, excuse me. Uh, I'm sorry. We're not on text 45. We're on text... Uh, um, oh, yeah, that's right where my marker is. Yeah, we're, we're starting with text... Uh, 26, 11, 26, where if you look, it's a three-line text, guna, dosha, vidani, and the guna and dosha uh, is what uh, what is picked up again, uh, come back around to. Uh, guna and dosha, guna meaning in this context, a good quality, and dosha is the opposite fault. And so this this discussion opened opened up this chapter uh, with a question about Uddhava about this because at the end of the last chapter, the last chapter, a big chunk of the last chapter, Krishna was engaged with telling, uh, uh, defining many many good qualities, and then. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's right. It's all together. So, so then he, the chapter nineteen ended in, in verse forty-five. Uh, by Krishna saying, uh, "Thus, Uddhava, I have elucidated all of the matters about which you inquired. There's no need for a more elaborate description of these good and bad qualities, because that was a big chunk of that chapter." Since to constantly see good and bad is itself a bad quality, uh, the best quality is to transcend material good and evil or to transcend seeing good and bad qualities. I mean, the Sanskrit is guna dosha, dashiya dosha. Seeing good and bad is bad, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, and gunas and real, what's really good is being indifferent or being transcendental to both of them, or seeing both of them. It's very terse. You know. And that, that's when Uddhava then picks up, wait a minute, you know, isn't the whole Vedas based on you know, telling what to do and what not to do and, and all these other things? Uh, and, and so this... This this chapter begins that way. He says, uh, uh, Buddha says, 
uh, my dear lotus-eyed Krishna, you are the supreme lord, and thus the Vedic literatures consisting of positive and negative injunctions constitute your order. Such literature focuses on the good and bad qualities of work. <laughs> he says, uh, and then he goes on, he elaborates it for about five verses. Uh, you know, without seeing the difference between piety and sin, how can one understand your own injunctions? And, 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 and so on. So he he says, uh, this is confused. Aren't you going to cause confusion? So then he begins, uh, uh, doesn't directly address this, but starts talking about uh, the three levels of, uh, of practice of karma, uh, uh, the karma khanda section of the Vedas, pious activity, then jnana, the, the reverse of that, I mean, the negation of that by, by renunciation and, and, and turning away from the world for, for the platform of jnana discussed with the material world as its defining characteristic, and then bhakti. And so up until now, he has been describing some of the characteristics of Jnana. And so now, uh, now he returns to this, uh, having described, like in, in the previous verses, uh, 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 he's, he's been describing Jnana uh, and uh, 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 yoga system also, which I guess is included as part of Jnana and Paramatma realization. Uh, 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 then he starts, uh, he says in text 25, that if because of uh, pramada, <laughs> we talk, talked about that because that's also, pramada is uh, one of the offenses against the holy name, distraction. It, Inattention. Uh, because of inattention, a jnani, uh, uh, it says yogi in the text, uh, but uh, it's describing really this, this platform of jnana, not necessarily meaning impersonalism, but, but uh, uh, some kind of brahmavada at least. Uh, if, if because of inattention, uh, a jnani accidentally commits an abominable activity. He, he does something, yeah, karma vigarhitam. Then by the very practice of jnana, he should burn to ashes the sinful reaction without employing any other uh, process. Jnana itself uh, uh, will do it. And now that's the background of this text uh, 26 Sve Sve Adhikare the Sve Sve Dikare Ya Nishta Saguna Parikirtitaha Karmanam Jatyasyuddhanam Anina Niyama Kutaha Kunda Dosha Vidanena Sanganam so here 
This is the principle. This, this line, Sve Sve Adhikare Yanishta Saguna Parikirtitaha, is repeated in the next chapter, interestingly enough. Uh, and uh, um, here, uh, now this is the standard. Here's where guna comes in again, because right? here's the word saguna. This is the this is the good good quality. Uh, uh, so uh, so it's translated here. It is firmly declared that the steady adherence uh, of transcendentalists to their respective spiritual positions constitutes real piety. And that sin occurs when a transcendentalist neglects his prescribed duty. Now, that second part of the sentence is not in this explicitly in this verse. It's 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 applied. Uh, uh, and then I, it, things get a little confusing because uh, they, they that it is inserted in, in the the BBT translation uh, and. They, uh, it's it's translated one way, and and uh, from from we get another reading from Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. <laughs> so so uh, uh, there's a somewhat different understanding. That that's that's because um, when when uh, the BBT translates this, it also wants to apply the principles to practicing devotees. But we're not really quite there yet in a literal reading of the text, although you can read it that way. There's just different ways of reading it. Uh, but uh, first of all, let me let me just this sve sve dikareya nishta saguna parikirtitaha. So sve sve adikare, each in his own, his own, his own adikara. His, his position, really, uh, or, or his his, his uh, qualification. Adhikara means qualification, right? His, uh, 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 which nishta, the steady practice, in his own position, whatever that position may be, but just if your own position, speaking really here of jnanas and bhakti, because I already said if, if you are practicing jnana, and you have some slip or fall down, you don't then go through some other process of atonement uh, by, by doing Vedic karmic rituals or things like that. You just keep on your, your practice. And now the same is true of bhakti. And that will be taken up in, in, the next, in the next verse, what to do if there's some fault or difficulty, right? Uh, and so this sve sve adhikareya nishta saguna parikirtitaha, this line appears in uh, the next chapter, the second verse of the next chapter, 11.21.2. Sve sve adhikareya nishta saguna parikirtita vipariya yastu dosha shat ubayar esha nishchayaha. And this is where they get the sec- this, this line in the, in the translation. 
that's not in the text. It, it seems to be imported from the next, next chapter because this, this line, the steadiness in one's own position is declared to be actual piety. And then there's viparayas to doshashat, and the opposite of that, the deviation from your position, is considered dosha, impiety. Uh, uh, and then ubayor esha nishchayaha, in this way, the two are definitely ascertained. Uh, that's what it says in the next chapter. So, so they had a little preview of this. Because uh, this, this, this kind of uh, verse is, is uh, 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 quoted, for example, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, quotes it in the Dashamula Tattva. He says, the, the level of a person's spiritual eligibility and application is the source of his good qualities. When he acts beyond his eligibility, then all his activities are faulty. So it also says you shouldn't go beyond your, your capacity either. Because if you're on the level of sadhana bhakti, it is not a good idea to, to try to do something that's for somebody on the stage of, of pure bhakti. So it goes that way too. So this is an important principle. So here he's giving kind of a real principle of uh, of, of adhering to to the, uh, uh, the 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 standards of your of, of your of your own platform. Uh, so this verse that we're looking at today. Uh, so this is the BBT translation. It is firmly declared that the steady adherence of transcendentalists. See it's the transcendentalists, they mean the yogis and the bhaktas. That's what they're talking about here, the transcendentalists, these two things. Uh, uh, the steady adherence of the yogis and the bhaktis to their respective spiritual positions constitutes real piety. Here, piety and impiety, guna and dosha. Uh, and that sin occurs when the transcendentalist neglects his prescribed duties. I said this is supplied, apparently from the next, is the opposite of that. And then, uh, the, the way it's translated here, one who adopts this standard of piety and sin, sincerely desiring to give up all past association with sense gratification, is able to subdue materialistic activities which are by nature impure. But the, another way of translating it, that uh, uh, because the next the next line actually is karmana jati ashu, the activities of karma are by their own nature ashuddha impure. And for this reason, but by this karma, uh, niyama is established. Uh, that is to say, regulative principles on disciplinary control is necessary on this because, because they're all impure. Uh, and by the rule of, for a karmi, by the rule of guna and dosha, in this verse, guna dosha vidana, vidana uh, 
the desire uh, to renounce different kinds of material association or sense gratification is achieved. So it's the one way to say this. This verse then says that it's different from for the karmic. I mean, the karmi on his position, his guna and dosha are the, are the do's and the don'ts of, of regulated sense gratification. Uh, so following this understanding, uh, and the way Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur talks about the verse, says, with a desire to give up material enjoyment, there should be restriction on karma for the practitioners of karma who are innately impure by following the rules and avoiding the things that are prohibited. That's what that's talking about. But the BBT says, uh, another way to translate, one who adopts this standard of piety and, and sin, that is to say following the your st- rules of your, the, the principles of your, your real position, sincerely desire to giving up all past association with sense gratification is able to subdue materialistic activities which are by their nature impure. So the, the BBT applies this to the transcendentalists, whereas Vishnu Chakravarti reads it as applying to the, the karmis. But I just guess they're just two different ways of, uh, uh, of reading it. But... Um, uh, but 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 the, the, anyway, this topic of the, the main point is this, this principle of following a, 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 for a gani because it said the previous verse a gani doesn't have to do anything except follow the principles of jnana. If he slips and falls down, he doesn't have to take to any other means of purification except his own principles. Now this applies that to the bhakta. Text 27 and 28. And these are two texts together. Jata Shraddha Matkatasu Nirvina Sarvakarmasu Vedadukatmakan Kaman Parityage Api Anishwaraha Tatobaje Tamam Prita Shradalu Adridda Nishchaya Jushamanas Chitan Karma Dukkodara Kams Chagar Hayan. So, jatashadha matkatasu, this refers to the person that shraddha, faith, jata, has been, has been awakened, matkatasu, in the descriptions of my glory. So, it's referring to a bhakta. But also, this nirvina, this word disgust, which has always been the characteristic of, a, 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 of the, the jnani, is here also applied. So it means a beginning bhakta. See, in the beginning, a bhakta will also be disgusted with material activities because the beginning bhakta is also attracted to them. <laughs> An advanced bhakta is neither attracted nor averse. For, for, for the advanced devotee, sees the world as all belonging to Krishna, it's fine. He doesn't want to enjoy it doesn't care to renounce it, just engages in Krishna's service. The karmi enjoys, the jnani renounces. Uh, but the bhakta is kind of, 
simultaneously engaged and not engaged with the, with this. So it's really a, that that progression is is the classic you know dialectic uh, as introduced into Western philosophy by by Hegel thesis antithesis synthesis. That's the pattern. You enjoy the world, you turn away from the world to renounce, renounce it, and then and, and again and then in bhakti, you 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 kind of uh, 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 you act, but you don't act. Uh, uh, you accept the world, but you're not as, as enjoying it. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's uh, the world comes back. In the beginning stage, yeah, you you get, but it, but it comes back again. But when it comes back, uh, it's not the same world that the karmis live in either. Nor is it even the same world the, the ganis have renounced. Uh, it's just everything is Krishna's energy. This is this is this is bhakti. So so this is the beginning stage that the jata shadow matkatasi the the that this has been awakened this this uh, 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 faith uh, in my narration of the scriptures of my glories. That is to say, in the process of hearing and chanting about Krishna, and also in in, in in the veracity of these things. Are you really talking about something real? And then nirvina sarva karma. And if that person is really disgusted with material activities, Veda do katmakan kaman. He knows this Veda is the verb here. He knows uh, that all kinds of kama, that is to say, sense gratification, uh, do katmakan, uh, has as its soul misery. <laughs> it's really the the soul of all kama is dukkha the core of it, <laughs> that all sense gratification leads to suffering. You would say, Veda, do... So here's a person. Faith has been uh, uh, awakened in, the, in Krishna's glory. Nirvina Sarvaka, disgusted with material activity, knows perfectly well that all sense gratification just brings on suffering. And then... But in the, when it comes to paridyage, which is renouncing, api, uh, however, anishwaraha, he's incapable. He is not the master of his senses. Anishwara means impotent. He's not the lord of it, he can't control. Whoa! This is his position. He's renounced, he's disgusted, right? But he, and he knows that material, uh, he's attracted to Krishna, he's disgusted with the material world, he knows that all sense gratification is misery, yet when it comes to renouncing, he can't, can't quite manage it. He finds himself still enjoying what's he supposed to do. Right? That's why it says that this is, this is the beginning state, early stages of bhakti. Uh, uh, and then the next verse says what he should do. Tato bhajita mamprita. That person uh, should worship me and pritaha, remaining happy. <laughs> should not become discouraged or, you know, 
overly upset or totally distressed. In other words, give up. He shouldn't undertake any, he shouldn't do any of those things, right? He, should, he said, uh, as it's translated here, uh, my devotees should remain happy and should worship me. Bajeta should continue the worship. You may think, I'm not fit for this worship. I didn't yet. No. Krishna says he should remain happy. And Shraddhalur Diddhanishchaya and should re- worship me, Shraddhalu, with, with faith, with conviction, and Diddhanishchaya, resolute determination or resolute uh, conviction. So faith and conviction should worship me. Uh, and then Jushamana Satanitaman Dukko Darkam Chagarhayan. Uh, uh, even though, as they translate, even though sometimes he is sometimes engaged in sense enjoyment, he knows still, my devotee knows that all sense gratification leads to a miserable result, so that Kaman Dukho Darakans, the same thing, that it's repeated twice, Kaman Dukha. Kama, uh, uh, all sense gratification leads to miserable misery, and Chagarya, uh, uh, and he repents. So it doesn't mean you don't take it seriously. Your difficulty, he repents. Sorry. Uh, uh, so. Uh, so the uh, and so the, the 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 basic point is, he should continue with bhakti. He should remain on his platform of bhakti. He shouldn't undertake some other kind of, you know, super, you know, vows of super fasting and all kinds of things. You know, that's more appropriate to a a jnani. You know. Uh, you know, start wearing hair shirts or, or something like that. You know, uh, or or, or um, take to some some kind of uh, uh, karma condependence, uh, or take shelter. You know, some some other other kind uh, uh, other kind of thing. Uh. Uh, so the, the, let me just read the, the, the translation here. Having awakened faith in the narration of my glories, being disgusted with all material activities, knowing that all sense gratification leads to misery. It's a little stronger than leads to. That, that all sense gratification has misery uh, as its nature, its essential nature, really. Uh, but still being unable to renounce all sense enjoyment, my devotee should remain happy and worship me with great faith and conviction. Even though he is sometimes engaged in sense enjoyment, my devotee knows that all sense gratification leads to a miserable result, and he sincerely repents such activity. Uh, then uh, there's a, long, a fairly uh, long purport in uh, the BBT edition, and it pretty much follows along with uh, with uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's. Um, 
So it says, the, be- the beginning stage of pure devotional service is described here by the Lord. Notice, it's the beginning stage of pure devotional service. It's not mixed with karma and jnana. So the person is actually practicing pure devotional service in the sense that there's no extraneous desire for anything else. Uh, and you know, when material desires come, it's regarded as not something he wants to accommodate and get along with and you know, make it part of his uh, regular practice, <laughs> rather get rid of. So it's actually he's practicing pure devotional service even though is not a pure devotee. He's on the pure path of pure devotional service. It goes on, a sincere devotee has practically seen that all material activities lead only to sense gratification and all sense gratification leads only to misery. Thus, a devotee's sincere desire is to engage 24 hours a day in the loving service of Lord Krishna without any personal motivation. See, that defines pure devotional service, that path, that that's the sincere desire. Uh, a devotee sincerely desires to be established in his constitutional position as the Lord's eternal servitor, and he prays to the Lord to elevate him to that exalted position. The word Anishvara indicates that because of one's past sinful activities and bad habits, one may not immediately be able to completely extinguish the enjoying spirit. It tends to lurk there. The Lord here encourages such a devotee not to be overly depressed. When it says, Preta, remain happy. Uh, uh, Or morose, but to remain enthusiastic and to go on with his loving service. The word nirvina, that's discussed here, which has has repeated several times, has been repeated a number of times in this, this, this chapter, indicates that a sincere devotee, although somewhat entangled in the remnants of sense gratification, is completely disgusted with material life and under no circumstances willingly commits sinful activities. In fact, he avoids every kind of materialistic activity. Uh, and th- then they talk a little bit about common uh, and uh, refers to uh, sex attraction and its byproducts and so forth. Uh, uh, and then uh, there's a little talk about that. Then the word Dridhanishchaya, steadfast conviction indicates that in any circumstance a devotee is completely determined to go on with his prescribed duties for Krishna. Thus he thinks. This is a little expansion of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's uh, uh, description. By my previous shameful life, my heart is polluted with many illusory attachments. Personally, I have no power to stop them. Only Lord Krishna within my heart can remove such inauspicious contamination. This looks forward to the next verse. But whether the Lord removes such attachments immediately or lets me go on being afflicted by them, I will never give up my devotional service to him. Even if the Lord places millions of obstacles in my path, 
And even if because of my offenses I go to hell, I will never for a moment stop serving Lord Krishna. Or say take up some other process of atonement or things like that. Uh, I am not interested in mental speculation or fruitive activities. Even if Lord Brahma personally comes before me offering such engagements, I will not even be slightly interested. Although I am attached to material things, I can see very clearly that they lead to no good because they simply give me trouble and disturb my devotional service to the Lord. Therefore, I sincerely repent my foolish attachments to so many material things and I am patiently awaiting the Lord's mercy. So that that's nicely explains the attitude of a devotee indicate here. Then they go on, the word prita, which uh, is, translated as ha- remaining happy or at least not depressed. The word prita indicates that a devotee feels exactly like the son or subject of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and is very attached to his relationship with the Lord. Therefore, although sincerely lamenting occasional lapses into sense enjoyment, he never gives up his enthusiasm to serve Lord Krishna. If a devotee becomes too morose or discouraged in devotional service, he may drift into an impersonal consciousness or give up his devotional service to the Lord. Therefore, the Lord advises that although one should be sincerely repentant, he should not become chronically depressed. Uh, one should understand, uh, or, or, or people sometimes have told me, you know, why you know, I'm not really very strict. And I, I, every time I start chanting Hare Krishna, I feel guilty. It's like saying to the doctor, I'm too sick to take this medicine. You know, I mean, this is a cure. You should take it. Uh, one should understand that because of his past sins, he must occasionally suffer disturbance from the material mind and senses, but one should not therefore become a devotee of detachment, as do the speculative philosophers, uh, the hair shirts, you know, the whips, and, and so on. Uh, although one may desire detachment to purify one's devotional service to the Lord, if one becomes more concerned with renunciation than with acting for the pleasure of Lord Krishna, he is misunderstanding the position of loving uh, devotional service. Um, faith in Lord Krishna is so powerful that in due course of time it will automatically award detachment and, pers- and perfect knowledge. And that, that confidence should be there. It will come from, from bhakti itself. If one gives up Lord Krishna as the central object of one's worship and concentrates more on knowledge and detachment, one will become deviated from one's progress in going back home, back to Godhead. A sincere devotee of the Lord must be sincerely convinced that simply by the strength of devotional service and the mercy of Lord Krishna, he will achieve everything auspicious in life. This is the definition of faith. Uh, Lord Chaitanya gives this definition, that that faith or shraddha is the firm conviction that by by achieving 
devotional service to Krishna, sarva karma kritahoy, automatically everything else will be accomplished. I will not be lacking in any sphere. Because, of course, to be a devotee, you have to concentrate your everything on, on, uh, on one thing. So you may think, oh, I'm missing out, I'm missing out here. Uh, uh, but the, the firm assurance is no. You will be fully satisfied in every respect. Don't worry about it. One must believe that Lord Krishna is all-merciful and that he is the only real goal of one's life. Such determined faith, combined with a sincere desire to give up sense enjoyment, will carry one past all obstacles uh, in the world. Um, and a few more paragraphs uh, elaborating on that. But I want to just take a, a little time and also point out something. Here in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, chapter 3, text 31, uh, there's a purport by Srila Prabhupada which is really taken from this verse. Although he doesn't mention it, it's tacit, but you, now you'll recognize where this, pers- this, this purport comes The verse is, the pur- purport comes from. The verse is, Yene matam midam nityam Anutishtanti manavaha shradanvanto nasuyanto munchante tipi karmadihi. Those persons who execute their duties according to my injunctions, uh, or these injunctions, me uh, matam, idam nityam, these injunctions of mine, uh, and who follow this teaching faithfully faithfully, that's, this is Shradhanvantan, endowed with faith, and Prabhupada puts in the word faith and devotion, Shradhanvantan. Uh, without envy, Anusuyanta, without envy, become free from the bondage of fruitive activities, Muchante Tepi Karmabhati. And so Prabhupada says in the purport, the injunction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, is the essence of all Vedic wisdom and therefore eternally true without exception. As the Vedas are eternal, so this truth of Krishna consciousness is also eternal. One should have firm faith in the injunction without envying the Lord. Uh, uh, So this is the Lord's injunction, I accept it. There are many philosophers who write comments on the Bhagavad Gita but have no faith in Krishna. They will never be liberated from the bondage of fruitive activities, uh, actions. But an ordinary man with firm faith in the eternal injunctions of the Lord, even though unable to execute such orders, (laughs) this is where this word comes in, becomes liberated from the bondage of the law of karma. And now here is basically a translation of this verse. In the beginning of Krishna consciousness, one may not fully discharge the injunctions of the Lord, but because one is not resentful of this principle, this is the not being envious, uh, that I should follow the Lord's instructions, because one is not resentful of this principle, 
and work sincerely without consideration of defeat and hopelessness, he will surely be promoted to the stage of pure Krishna consciousness. So that's this verse right, right here in this, this purport uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, Prabhupada has, has used. It's very interesting uh, because sometimes you can see, if you, if, you, if you know a lot of text, you can see how that, that, that Srila Prabhupada thinks in shlokas or in his lectures you know, a lot of times it'll just be really just mentioning a verse or even just a few words of the verse and then discourse on that and then another verse and another verse and so on like that so that's 331 so you you may have only encountered this uh you know 11th canto chapter 20 verse for the first time but if you know the bhagavad-gita you've already you're, you've already heard it Without, without knowing about it. Uh, so, uh, so this is the, the principle. I, I think this is a very important verse here. Uh, and you see how Prabhupada uh, uh, puts it in the purport. Uh, this is the beginning of pure devotional service. And then in the next two texts, I guess we'll, we'll have to stop here because we have no time to go on. Because the next two texts, uh, now discuss how bhakti itself completely purifies the heart. So it elaborates on, uh, on this, this topic of uh, uh, how, the, how the material desires in the heart are destroyed by, by, uh, by bhakti. So we'll, we'll pick up again uh, with that one. I thought I'd get a little further. But anyway, this is... Uh, uh, Yeah, this will be the next class here. So now what we can do is... So we'll, we'll stop there. Uh, so, the, uh, so, so then, so this is the idea that you, you don't need any other process to supplement your or enhance your activities in, in bhakti. Uh, the bhakti itself, and you hold to the principles of bhakti, will perform all necessary things you need for one's spiritual advancement. Uh, and so this is uh, really, you know, really, really part of the whole topic of what, what, what actually is guna and dosha. Uh, I, I mentioned last time, Srila Prabhupada had a, had a, had a god-brother who uh, 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 um, undertook a penance. He, he had realized that he, he committed an offense to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and undertook a many year long of some, some ritual of penance which involved offering some kind of leaves regularly to Lord Shiva to, to atone. And uh, there's a Prabhupada mentioned about it in some letters, you know, that, you know, that this is not the kind of thing that, 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 that one needs to undertake uh, 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 if, if one has. Uh, because, because offense to the spiritual master is... is uh, well, Guru Avajna, it's one, one, of the, one of the offenses against the holy name also. 
and uh, and there, there's a way to to deal with that within the realm of bhakti without you know having to do some other kind of penance and austerity. So the idea that you would take up something else means that there's a there's still a problem <laughs> with the original uh, uh, misdeed, uh, whatever that may be. Uh, it's one is not not willing to to deal with uh, what, whatever it may be. So the and there seems to be a, a lack of faith in in, in in bhakti itself. Anyway, so we'll stop there for now, and uh, uh, we'll switch over to the the question and answer time now. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to. Okay, now I'm going to put this on. And turn up the volume. And so, if you're on the, on the conference call, you ask a question that can be heard by everybody. And people who are on the UStream can uh, type in uh, a question, and our sysop will uh, read it out for us here in the studio audience and on the air. We have a question here. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I really like the uh, prayer in the middle of the quotation marks in the middle of the second report. Uh-huh. Do you know if that's coming from any previous acharyas? Yeah, yeah. It's Krishna Chakravarti. It okay. is. It is coming from a previous acharya. That uh, let me let me just. Uh, I think I, I I have his commentary here. They expand on a little bit. Um, Yeah. Uh. Here's Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's commentary. In two verses, Krishna speaks of the initial state of a person qualified for bhakti. He is disgusted with the results of karma ruling Vedic ritual and ordinary life. There's karma on the section of Veda. Remember, when they say karma, they mean pious. <laughs> you know. The week six is, you know, somebody for the karmis is anybody, but most of what we see and we call karmis and, and the, are the karmis. I mean, karmis are pious. Anyway, he is disgusted with the results of karma, ruling Vedic ritual and ordinary life, disturbed by seeing the unhappiness it causes. Thus, this repeats what was said earlier in text eight. He is not overly attached to karma. He knows that desires which give rise to the attachment to wife and sons are filled with suffering. Remember, in karma, it's wife and sons. It's not girlfriends. It's not <laughs> 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 he knows that desires which give rise to attachment uh, to wife and son are filled with suffering, but he is unable to give them up. Having entered such a condition, he resolves. Let my attachment for family be destroyed or increase. Let there be millions of obstacles to my devotion, to my worship, or let the obstacles be destroyed. Let me go to hell if I have committed offenses by keeping those desires. But I will not give up bhakti. I will not accept karma or jnana, even if Brahma personally comes and orders me. This is his determination. 
He does not have an inclination uh, to unfavorable things to the same extent that he has firm determination for bhakti, which he has just started. He indulges in those desires which give rise to attachment to wife and children while criticizing them. Oh, these material enjoyments cause obstacles for me. They are unfavorable for attaining the feet of the Lord. Though I make an oath to give them up in name only, after a while I enjoy them again. I criticize them and enjoy them. In this way, he enjoys. <laughs> so he's kind of blunt, and heavy, and I criticize them and enjoy them. This way, he enjoys. Put, put, put shutter quotes around me. And <laughs> Prima Amitakaru says, uh, what does it mean to say unable to execute such orders? Is Prabhupada referring to some sort of physical or mental inability to partake in the angas of bhakti? Um, well, not physical, uh, but, but uh, uh, mental. Uh, uh, being distracted, unable to con- complete your rounds, because you're, you're so very attached to watching the next episode of Mad Men or some TV series, you know, Breaking Bad or whatever that people get addicted to, or, or a football game. Uh, that's probably the more bigger thing, you know, some big local football team is having a big playoffs, and because you want to see that, you don't, you know, I mean, you're, that's, it's just so desire is so strong, you know. That you, uh, you 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 want to do it. I remember early in the movement, I, there was a devotee who was really into devotional service, but he was so uh, such a basketball fan that 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 he was was kind of a basketball team groupie, and, and was going around trying to like hint to the the team members, uh, you know, about, about devotional service in a subtle way. <laughs> and he was so attached. And, and Prabhupada had told him, it's good if you preach, you know, just preach to these basketballs, just continue your Christian consciousness. If you want to follow this team around and preach to them, that, that can be your service. See, he said, see, it's bona fide, it's bona Prabhupada said, you know. But he was so attached. I mean, I don't know what his fate was. But, but so these things, we have some strong material attachment we, we overcome. There's some, some distraction. Uh, you may try to become free from sex desire, but just watching karmis enjoy, even if it's not so gross, can lead you know, one thing leads to another. Uh, 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 and, and so in, in, in these ways ways it, it'll happen. Just, you know, just by spending a, a, a lot of time unnecessarily uh, going home for family holidays and uh, all the bodies there with uh, six Christmas, you know, and they're, they're worshiping our Savior and drinking a lot of beer and whiskey at the same time. You, you just get contaminated by the atmosphere. You think it's not so long to, you know, go home for Christmas, you know. But you you get distracted, so, so and one attachment leads to another thing. Uh, so this is the the, the anishwar means simply uh, incapable of controlling the senses. There's some lingering attachments to even pious enjoyment. 
Not, not even something you'll send, you know? It's just your mom. You know, it's nice to make your mother happy by coming home. But one thing can lead to another. And then you become overwhelmed. Mama Maya. Oh, Maya. Yeah, Mama Maya. <laughs> I think it's Mama Mia. <laughs> Anything else? Ratnabushana asks, is that notice a phenomenon that maybe could be coined as subconscious designation? Given up on some level, but not fully conscious of that having happened. The devotee still goes through the motions of bhakti, but with an underlying hopelessness. There is no real prita or confident state. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? I think that's true. I think, I think I've seen that. People have become really discouraged and they won't kind of won't even admit it to themselves. And they're very unhappy. And, uh, yeah, uh, if you're in a condition of counseling somebody like that, you have to help them gain some self-knowledge of their real position and talk about the real issue. Why have they given up faith? And uh, and so sometimes that leads to a, a, a lot, lot of... Uh, uh, well, it may be different things for different people, but one of the things is, is what, what Prabhupada mentions like commenting on this anasuya without envy, being out resentful of the principles of following Krishna. You have some resentment toward Krishna. Usually, that's that's always the thing that's that's there. I remember my own own reaction once when when I was listening to Prabhupada on one tape. Uh, and and uh, there were some some Indian gentleman who had been converted to Christianity and obviously from his questions uh, the way the missionaries, Christian missionaries would would contrast the stirring character of Lord Jesus with the bad character of Krishna who had sex with other men's wives because the man said to Prabhupada how can you worship a god who is an adulterer so that's a standard Christian, you know, thing. And Prabhupada said to this pious Christian, says, Krishna is not the adulterer. You are the adulterer. And then he said, all women belong to Krishna. <laughs> you know, even your lawfully wedded wife, <laughs> you are the adulterer. And my first, my first action, that reaction to that, without even, with this, suddenly pang of resentment. What? All women? Not just one for me? You have to have all of them? You know, I, mean, I, saw, I had no idea it was there, you know. Suddenly, you know, all <laughs> so, Sometimes you're not aware of it, but, but it, it may, may be there. Uh, and, you know, in, uh, just sense gratification just to enjoy things of this world is really an act of atheism, and atheism is resentment of Krishna. That, in other words, because sense gratification, I'm taking something in the world. Who who is the enjoyer? Krishna. 
It belongs to him. And I'm taking, I'm the enjoyer. That's my little God project I am enjoying. Because you may notice, if you ever happen to find yourself engaged in sense gratification, that when sense gratification takes place, people get puffed up. And that's why many people, for their enjoyment, uh, when they go out in the nights in the town, they're not only enjoying, but they want everybody to see that they're enjoying. <laughs> it's not enough. You know, that a man has some beautiful woman for, for sex. He's got to go out with her in the streets where she's dressed up in a very attractive way to attract the envy of other men so they can say, see, what, you know, and you, people puff up. Sense gratification is, is pride because it's essentially our own little God project. So at the core of every, you know, just little, even pious enjoyment, you know, there, there is some little grain of resentment to Krishna because all women belong to Krishna. Even the pious, you know, wife <laughs> and so on. Yeah. Um, there's more questions coming down the chute. But, uh, <laughs> not posted for yet. Um, in the meantime, I just want to make the comment that this idea of the having sincere repentance at the same time kind of unlimited encouragement from Krishna is really quite an amazing yeah. characteristic. It's not so, you know, not being pushed down all the time like you're, you know, some very angry God or something. Yeah. And at the same time it's not, oh, just do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. Um, but it's, it's definitely you're a divided person. You know, you're 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 at a war with your. Seems like you're at war with yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I, William James in his uh, Varieties of Religious Experience talks about the divided self as a characteristic religious type, but it's only intermediary. Uh, I, again, when I was a new devotee, I, I sometimes out on Sankirtan or I'd, I'd meet my old college friends and stuff like that on the streets. I had a lot of people I knew. Uh, and, 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 you know, there was one funny said, you know, you know, you really are like, it's not good for you. used to be so together. <laughs> not together. It's true. I was very conflicted, you know. They, they knew me. I was together. Yeah, I was together around sense gratification. <laughs> now, you know, I'm at war with my, I'm at war with myself. But then later on, you are together again. You you. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you learn how to deal with it and you know for me the, the, the greatest news was uh, you're not your mind so that's the not self anyway you know just uh, my nasty roommate I have to live with until I can completely <laughs> take over and for that stage this particular verse is so important because it's very instructional yet very reassuring yeah that's right it, it acknowledges the reality and tells you what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one should try not to be stuck in that stage for 30 years, you know. I mean, <laughs> make it as short a time as possible. And, 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 and if you doubt that Krishna consciousness has, is working with full potency, the only reason the full potency is not working 
is because that we are also committing offenses. We should avoid offenses. What has to check? Not even, not even avoid offenses. Cultivate the holy name while trying to avoid offenses. You know, but if, but if, but but if indifferent chanting is 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 the way you're doing it, people have sometimes they haven't even been trained properly. Uh, it took it took me a while to figure out because, like for example, Japa was the sort of I wasn't taught this explicitly, but the sort of attitude in the movement at a certain time something you got through so you could go out and sankirtan. Uh, it was it, it was just something that you needed to do your inoculation of something, but it wasn't a thing in itself. It wasn't something you, you just is just you know, do it and get it over with. And then the real thing is when you go out. Uh, and, and, and so uh, I sort of had to figure out for myself, you know, that uh, how, how it's an important thing in and of itself. Like all parts of Krishna consciousness are, are important, but especially uh, uh, this one, it's, all, it's also Sankirtan. I mean, Sankirtan doesn't just mean uh, broadcasting or distributing books. And sometimes going out on the streets and, and distributing books, the meaning of that changed at one point in this sorry history world, in, in America anyway. I, I remember I was in the Detroit Temple uh, when I was uh, a shock of my life uh, it was just a new GBC, and I was assigned to the Detroit Temple. And I was there talking to the temple president, and, and uh, his brahmachari came up. His name then was Arjuna. Now it's Brother Bihari, but he, but he, and he was taking devotees. He had a small group of devotees he'd take to the airport to distribute books. And he said to the temple president, uh, uh, and I had the van. We want to go to the airport and distribute books. And the temple president said, no, we need it for Sankirtan. Sankirtan meant they were going out to some ball game and selling baseball hats or pennants or something like that, you know, getting donations for poor people or something, you know. That was the prevailing mode of money collection. So Sankirtan meant going out and getting money. And in book distribution, no, we need it for Sankirtan. Even the meaning of that had, had changed, <laughs> I realized. This is what happened at a certain times, some places in our in our in our in our movement. So sankirtan also means uh, the the prefix san means when something is thoroughly or completely done. Uh, so sankirtan is also the complete or thorough chanting of the holy names, uh, and 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 th- those benedictions that are listed in the first verse of the Shastika. That's what happens when there's param vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtan, when there's vijayate victory of Sankirtan, the, uh, the, the pure chanting, perfect chanting of the holy names, then Chaitodhartana, Marjanam, Bhavamaha, all these things follow in, in course. Uh, so thorough or complete chanting, pure chanting. Uh, so that's also just it's not something to neglect at all. It's really our foundational practice. Anything else?
Sophie Cree has a question, but I still don't see her. Question mark at the end of the sentence. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to unmute this person, and hopefully it's Sophie Cree. Hi, Krishna. It's Sophie Priya. Okay. Um, my question, please accept my obeisances, by the way. Um, my question has to do with um, with the social aspects of not being able to uh, comp- you know give up sense gratification. Like we were, my husband and I, we've been reading in the Bhagavatam, and uh, we got to the uh, verse where Krishna comes back to Dwarka, and he's greeted by the prostitutes. Am I coming through? So. So, you know, Prabhupada was talking about how, you know, in society there's a need for, for, you know, such an institution and that these prostitutes were, you know, full-on devotees of the Lord. And so I was wondering about the social aspects of that. I mean, it's kind of silly to speculate about what was going on with, in Dwarka, but I was kind of trying to uh, extend it to, let's say, uh, maybe a nicer version of, of our culture, a more, a more spiritualized version of our culture. And I was wondering, you know, if you have got a society with prostitutes in it, are they treated with respect by the respectable ladies of that society? Or, you know, if a respectable lady is cross, you know, walking down the road, does she cross over to the other side when she sees a prostitute coming, even if she's a devotee? The reason I'm asking is that, you know, it seems that all of, you know, so many of us have problems and we can't follow, but we either try to cover it up which creates different kinds of problems, or we sort of take this mood, um, like, well, yeah, I'm not following, but that's cool, I'm okay with that, you know, I'm still a devotee, and, you know, it's, I guess, you know, there's, you know, there's this mentality that, that the, the regulative principles are people who are sannyasis and, and Brahmins and all the rest of us, even if we've taken vows, you know, we're kind of off the hook because we're not at that level. And, and, and I think it's because of this kind of, social stigma or this mood of judgmentalism or whatever and um, you know at least in my my forays into uh, listening to Christian preachers the the more enlightened ones they just say hey we're all sinners you know but we don't seem to have that mentality that we're all fallen it's like some people are not fallen they're way above us and other people are fallen and they're below us and we're in the middle and we're okay because we're realistic is what I'm saying making sense it's very complicated. I'm still trying to relate it to the prostitutes in Dwarka, which I can't, I can't quite put all that together. Well, are they, you know, are they shunned by society? Are they, not, you know, are they not treated respectfully by other devotees, even though they themselves are devotees? You know, in the same way people I, I, can... I, well, my, my impression in Dwarka, I mean, you know, when we say prostitute, uh, I would say these were very, very high-class call girls who maybe actually only had one client their whole life. They were more like what you would call a mistress, you know, like in France, you know, the the prime minister of the French Republic or the president has a long-term very high-class woman who is not his wife, but who comes to the, his funeral along with his wife. I mean, yes. it's just, uh, you know, it's a different kind of a person. It's, just, it's, uh-huh. it's a certain society. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I suspect it's something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, so they, they, and if they come out to meet the Lord when he when he comes, they're obviously not shunned. Uh huh. I I guess my question is really, you know, how do we deal? Because if if there's somebody in the Lord's entourage and and in his in his you know milieu who's committing what we would consider sinful activities. And, and yet they're considered devotees. How do, we, how do we relate to people who are not strictly following without discouraging them, but without kind of developing the mentality that, eh, no biggie, no problem, you know, don't worry about it, you don't have to follow, that's for sannyasi. Yeah, sure. I, I think this verse here is I think this verse here is Somebody has to ask so, uh, to, to me, what we want to see in people, our, our standard of judgment of people should not be whether you are at the beginning of Krishna consciousness or the middle or the end. You know, there's a path, you know, from the beginning to pure devotee. And it's a path of advancement. And we all know that path. And we all know what uh, we have a, this idea of a pure devotee. And we all know that we should become a pure devotee. And we're somewhere on that path. But we should not judge people, whether they're at the beginning or the middle or the end, where they are. That shouldn't be our standard of judgment. You know, if a pure devotee is 100%, you know, are you a 70% or an 80% or only a 50% or a 47.5% or whatever F? You know, we shouldn't grade people that way. We should, but that there is a standard. And the standard is, wherever you are, are you sincerely trying to become better? So these people, people who are, you know, fairly advanced but have accommodated themselves to some chronic form of sense gratification uh, or, or some other anartha, which they just refuse to get up, that's bad. Somebody else who's very beginning and like bristling with faults, but who really wants to become pure and is striving to become better, that person is good. So that, that, that should be the standard uh, by which we judge ourselves and other people. That, and, and, and anyone should, will know if they are interested in advancing that Krishna will make sure they know what's the next step I have to take. He'll always let us know. If, if he keeps telling us this is the next step and we don't take it, after a while we won't be able to hear what he's saying anymore. And we'll, we'll make up some, uh, some new religion where this is okay, where this is all right. Because anyway, everybody else is doing it also, or because, you know, Prabhupada really told us no illicit sex, but he thought, you know, just, just to encourage us you know, tell us the highest standard so we'll come to some lower standard or whatever. I've heard them, you know, you, we've all heard all these different reasons and ex- excuses for, for not making advancement. So we should encourage people to make advancement. How, and it should be done tactfully, not that we're passing judgment on it, but if you want to help somebody out, you just... Uh, some some people don't want to hear it, of course, and, and you you can't you can't do much to help those people. But if, if people are like uh, there's some idea of wanting to better themselves, then you you can you can help them out. 
This will be the next step. Add this, you know, instead of talking about what they're doing wrong, tell them to do something, you know, add something positive. Okay? Thank you very much. You're welcome. Isn't the judgment mentality not so good to begin with? I mean, devotee, non-devotee, on the path, aware on the path we are. I mean, what's the difference? Do we judge people, period? I mean... Of course, we want to be discerning, but is it, is it our business? Yeah, that's no, not not to be judgmental. Right. Yeah, but but we, we that doesn't mean everyone's okay, either. You know, yeah. there, there's two. Uh, one one is like you go around, and judgmental means you find fault. Yeah. But fault finding itself is a fault. Yeah. Uh, Prabhupada said, if you point the finger at somebody, there's three fingers pointing at you, because usually fault finding is autobiographical transferred to somebody else, no. you know, and it's, it's your own insecurities and things like that. But you've seen someone else that you don't like. Yes, yeah, it's what you see in yourself, right. You don't like that. No, the, 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 this is, that, that, that's what we mean by judgmental. Uh, it, it, it's the downside of having high standards. Uh, any, 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 any outfit that has high standards uh, that you should live up to. I mean, spiritual groups, but also, you know, say, uh, uh, fly uh, pilots of high-performance jet aircraft. They also have very high standards, and they're also judging everybody else and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, competing, you know. But, but, uh, but you know, for fault-finding, there's nothing like, uh, from what I've heard, the average convent, the Catholic convent, of uh, everybody looking for everybody else's fault so you don't feel so bad about your own. And usually there's somebody in charge who's really the, the professional fault finder with a license. <laughs> and which all those kind of people give religion a very bad name. So the real thing is to be able to, to tactfully encourage people and if you're really addicted to seeing what's wrong with everybody, it's autobiographical. It means that you have some faults that you can't control and you can't even acknowledge. And that's the difficulty. You're blocking them from yourself. And the example in our literature is the example of Ramachandra Puri and Chaitanya Leela. Uh, he he was a god brother of, of Lord Chaitanya of Ishwar Puri, so he was a guru varga for Lord Chaitanya. But he had committed a big offense against Madhavendra Puri. The whole story is there that he that Madhavendra Puri, uh, in his last days, is in the ecstasy of uh, of separation, feeling strong feelings of separation. Uh, for Krishna, I uh, was lamenting, you know, the, uh, in the mood of Radharani, uh, not seeing Krishna, uh, the, the, the strong feelings of separation. And, 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 and Ramachandra Puri says, comes to him in his last days and says, why are you lamenting? Uh, Asochati, <laughs> you know, I care and lament. 
uh, and you should you should be meditating on Brahman. You know, he had been somehow influenced by Maya bodies. And Madhavendra Puri says, you know, <laughs> here I am, I can't see Krishna, and this fool has come to lecture me about Brahman. Words to that effect, you know. And Ishwara Puri uh, was taking care of him physically and cleaning him up and everything like that, and serving him very menially. And he was the good, the good disciple because, because he, he uh, got to be the spiritual master of Lord Chaitanya. But 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 uh, but, uh, but Ramachandra Puri, yeah, he wanted to be the guru of Lord Chaitanya. Uh, but all he could do was criticize eating. He became an expert on how much everybody is eating. I see there's sugar in this room. There must have been uh, ants in this room. There must have been eating sweets, and. And they criticized Lord Chaitanya and his followers, you're all eating too much. And so Lord Chaitanya was very cool. He, he said, uh, uh, he just started, you know, he, he was going at a different lunchtime at a different householder's house, and he stopped all the stuff, really cut down his eating, and everybody was really upset. And they came to Lord Chaitanya, and they said, you know, this is his nature. If you sit down with you, he'll say, here, eat this. Have something more to eat. Have something more to eat. He'll force you to eat so much. And then he'll turn around and say to other people, do you see how much he ate? <laughs> they said, this is his nature. He said, he said anyway, Lord Chaitanya said, he's right. I'm a sannyasi. I should, you know, just completely accept, yeah, he's correct. You know. uh, but then after he would go away, then gradually go back to their, their, their standard way of behavior. So that, that, that was his, the big thing. He had failed his relationship with his spiritual master. He didn't acknowledge that. And, and as, a, as a result, he was trying to, you know, be a legitimate person by finding fault with other devotees, establish his own legitimacy that way, by substituting this very minor thing for the major thing in which he had failed in. This is the kind of thing you see how it is there in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Well, so you can see, this is, these are the pitfalls. So the, the mood of a devotee should be frankness, charlatan. That means sim, simplicity, but it means simplicity in the sense of a kind of mental straightness. You're frank about yourself, and, and, and you're not... not uh, in, in uh, tr- trying trying to uh, uh, substitute some minor for some major thing. Uh, uh, if, if if I collect a lot of money or I donate a lot of money, that means I'm a great devotee. You know, if I, you know you go through all these different uh, avenues are there to delude yourself. You lead a good kirtan. I heard one devotee who was a very talented musician being described by somebody who knew him very well. They said he could get up in the morning, break all four regular principles, and lead an ecstatic mongolarty kirtan. Because <laughs> he, uh, he was talented, you know. Talent can, you know? <laughs> talented is that. You know? so those, and then you say, yeah, then look, everybody loves my kirtans. I must be okay. <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, so these are all the kind of pitfalls that we should be aware of. Uh, 
and that mood of honesty. And we, we, sh- we should, uh, there, there are people that we can help uh, uh, call them. We should try to help them imp- just improve. Uh, not find fault with them, but, but, but help them improve. For some people, they're so in such a level of concealment that there's nothing you can do. Like there's no, people couldn't seem to help Ramachandra Puri in this case. You know, he's, he's stuck in that way. So some people are like that. Don't waste your breath. Yeah. So that might lead to a situation where, like um, the earlier question about like shunning the prostitutes. Mm-hmm. So this is a case where maybe you would not shun but avoid these associations. Yeah. You well, if you if you're a man, you certainly shouldn't uh, shouldn't uh, visit them. Uh, no, I mean, I mean the people who are in, incorrigible. Yeah, yeah, there's some people that you have to respect their good qualities from a safe distance. <laughs> that may be necessary. You have to guard your own spiritual life. But, but, but the, better, the better idea is we should, we should be really careful about Vaishnava opera. And the really thing to do is to find some way to look at people's good qualities or just to because they even had the desire to become a devotee, that's something wonderful. You know, and we should respect them for that. We should, we should, or what, what, what they want to become rather than what they are now. We should find some way to avoid. And really, good devotees will, 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 will not, not try to see the bad in people. Now, sometimes it's your job. Uh, and, and Prabhupada even apologized to his own devotees. <laughs> I, really, I do not. Uh, it's not my my uh, my inclination to find out your faults. But as your spiritual master, I have to say, you know, this is, what's your, what's your, what, what is your 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 job to do? But one should be just very careful. And and, uh, and if if people know that we truly care for them and we can communicate. Sometimes you do care for people and you can't successfully communicate them. But if you, if you care for them and they feel that, then they'll be willing to listen to you. They don't feel that, that, that sense of that you care for them or you value them in some way, uh, then, then they, won't, they won't listen. And you're just trying to you know, show that you're better than they are, blah, blah, blah. Which also goes on, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so that that's also a, a, a part of it. But, but, but we 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 need the association of devotees. Uh, without the association of devotees, I mean, I realized after I lived in the temple for a little while that it was really feel for that a lot of people who were like. Uh, you know, not really completely functional human beings uh, to, to my, but I, but I, you know, and, and difficult to deal with on the day. Some people were just like trouble from beginning to end, and you know, on trips that had nothing to do with Krishna consciousness, but they were here. But then I, you know, I, I also realized that somehow or other, uh, without these people, I would have a harder time 
for by myself, I'm even really worse association <laughs> for myself, you know. So I needed these people. At least, they, you know, they all agreed that Krishna is the supreme personality of God. And they would sit down together morning and evening and read Shastra. You know, they were, you know, I, 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 it's the Sankirtan movement means it's together with devotees. That's the other part of the sand, you know. It has to be done in the association of devotees. And that association has has to be has to become uh, uh, as much as possible more and more pure. And it's so difficult sometimes. One more question. Uh, this is from Jai Balaram. Yes, Samal Krishna Goswami once told me that married life means that sense gratification will be there. Isn't the purpose of, of the Grihasta Ashram to have sex life and children and slowly give that up over a period of years? Yeah, it's a license for a little bit of material enjoyment. That's what it is. That's correct. Prabhupada called it a license for sense gratification. The word license is there. Also, there are restrictions. It's restricted sense gratification. Yeah. Of course, you know, nowadays married life is the real austerity. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Oh, like, what was the standard of like sense gratification now? Like in these purports, Vishnu talk about the wife and sons, you know, attaching the wife and sons. You know. Well, I'm not attached to my wives or my sons. You know? <laughs> I'm not attached at all. I don't care anything about anybody. <laughs> yeah, and so on and so forth. <laughs> so that that karmi level that he's talking about for us, you know, in the present day is like a very, you know, high level of piety. <laughs> Well, okay, it's it's now noon and, and where we are now, so we should stop. So we will pick up again uh, with, uh, yeah, text number 29 next week, right? We're having class next week? Okay, so we'll see and hear you all later. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam, Ki Jai.